0: You thought there wasn't going to be a podcast this week, didn't you? You really thought there well, wasn't I going to be a podcast I didn't this week. Think that. Well, we could have had a podcast earlier this week, but Lockie decided we're going to wait until later in the week for me to come back from my hiatus.
1: Well, look, I don't, I don't want to say that the people. Wanted you desperately or anything? Well, that's I mean, a little bit mean. No, no, no. That is true, but I just, I just didn't think they would appreciate a, a me doing like a state of the nation. Well, why couldn't you get? I, I told
0: you this is the opportunity to get the get the you know bring the reserves in, give them just an opportunity.
1: Didn't, just didn't want to, Nick. Yeah, just just I know. because
0: was looking at me like because like this is your opportunity. Look at Lockie; he's the one that failed to you know bring you in for this. Week. Isn't
1: this show about to be the? About supposed to be worth the NPL, not about my yeah. Well, we decisions can, we can to that. have or not have well, a co-host well, or for wait well, Lockie, to wait for you to do this show. Lockie,
0: how are you, mate? You got some interesting gifts in front of your laptop for those on the stream. I'm good.
1: I'm not going to acknowledge what those are for Slow those who don't know. Nick has been in Port Douglas, so that he's bought me some terrible. He bought me a singlet that uh, says number one Croc survivor. <laughs> um, unfortunately, not relevant <laughs> to my weekend of NPL football. But uh, look, thank you, Nick. I'll never wear it, but um. I appreciate Well, that. you
0: said to me, for context, before the show last week, that you don't own a singlet. So I made it my mission up in Port Douglas to buy you a singlet.
1: Well, and uh, yeah. looking at this this lovely uh, number one croc attack survivor singlet, uh, yeah, I, I've never, I, I, I won't be changing. I, I won't Why? Be. It's I a it, lovely singlet. Nick, it says it's perfect it for croc for some attack Hands official survivor number one. I think it's a good, I think it's a really good, Really
0: good singlet, but cool, I, I know, I know this has to be a. I feel like we need to today, spend
1: but. less time talking about the singlet and more time talking we'll like about what was. We didn't talk about the hat yet. An incredible. We're not talking about the hat. We're, we're ne- talking about the hat. <laughs> no, let's talk about all right, all right. the incredible week that it was right. of of NPL football because it was, yes. you picked a terrible week, Nick, to go on holidays. No, nah, it was a good week. No, I was still able to watch the games from home. Well, in 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 Port Douglas, that's true. But Nick, <laughs> you had to be there for this one. This I was, know. This was one of. The great games. Well, I feel more sorry for the, the people games. who
0: actually could have gone to the game who were in Victoria that didn't go to the game. or well, I'm sorry to say to Green Gully and Bentley fans, but those that chose to go to that game instead of going to the Oakley game. Because they were both on at the same time, Lockie. I don't think it was possible to get to both games, unless you had like a, you know, a Formula One car and you were zooming from Gully to, to Oakley and had no traffic, you don't obey the traffic. Or lines. you could
1: be in two places at
0: once. Well, maybe if you got like the Time Turner thing off Harry Potter. You know, you can be in two places at once, mm. you know, turn back time, get to both places. But anyways, nonetheless, elimination final weekend, promotion relegation playoff uh, weekend as well. It's all set up for a big weekend of finals action here in MPL Victoria, not well, semi-finals action, but uh, it was really do or die on Friday night in that double header between Heidelberg and Oakley. And of course, Green Gully versus Bentley. Let's start off with Oakley versus Heidelberg. I feel like, lock.
1: can we actually start with, With Green Gully versus... Is that because because
0: it's, like, the the other semi... The other dimension final that was kind of under the radar? Well, it's, like...
1: I mean, without wanting to, you know, bring any disrespect to to that game, which, you know, I've gone back and sort of... um, I have watched the the replay, but I was at the... I was at the Oakley-Heidelberg game. It's, like, when you're eating dinner, you know, and you have your, like, chips and veggies or whatever, if you just eat... Obviously, most people prefer chips rather than salad, right?
0: Well, you get sometimes you get the choice of, ro- of chips or roasted vegetables, and sometimes people go for. The I know, roasted vegetables but it's like the
1: chips. I don't know. I feel like we shouldn't just have our sugar first, which was the, one of the best NPL games of all time. Let's eat our greens first. Yeah, but and why that was this an is, unintentional part. Okay, okay, this pun. is
0: this is our green salad. Yeah, this is the green salad, and on then the we side. can I mean, we hit, can hit get the into the, uh, and the chips, the, the, the chippies, which yeah, the, was the, uh, well, the pal- Palmer was... and chips. I reckon that, okay. that that's not worthy of just chips. It's a Palmer and chips. It was a penalty shootout. There was six goals for God's sake. There was a. Game winners or okay, but th- but that
1: that's coming after yeah. the salad, which was the, the greens, yep. which was the the big green, yep. at Keelor yep. uh, at or Downs, yep. and a two nil win for, for Green, green Gully against Bentley Greens. I've got to admit, Nick, I'm not sure about you.
0: Shocked this result, result?
1: surprised me. Same, surprised. I thought me. Bentley
0: were going to win, and then when I I, I checked, I uh, I checked my phone, and I saw while I was watching the Oakley Heidelberg game on, uh, the, I managed to catch the second half of the game in extra time. Um, I was a I, I saw the score and I'm like, Jesus, Gully are up. This is a little bit of a surprise. Not not no disrespect to Green Gully, but I think that considering their form over the last few weeks, um, there's potentially some, you know, questions being asked if maybe they're a bit gassed, but then you could put the same logic for Bentley Greens, but Bentley, in the end, they weren't able to get the job done. Green Gully took the lead through Alex Salmon. Lovely finish there. And then put the game to bed in the second half. Um, and you mentioned about Noel Bernardo coming back, Lockie, and that being a difference. We, we, I think we both picked Bentley Greens to win the game. Yeah. But I think it was you that said it, that if they get Noel Bernardo back, they're going to be much, a much greater chance to be able to pinch the win in this game. And, well, L- Lock Stradamus was correct.
1: <laughs> well, not with the result. But, I mean, it's just when you consider... Obviously, we all know the cliche finals football. It's a completely different thing. It's a whole new ball game. You know, you can't necessarily read the the results and the trends and all of that sort of stuff. But even having said that, it's hard to ignore the two head to head matchups this season that have ended three nil and four nil. What now? Only a month ago, mm. um, in favour of the Bentley Greens over Green Gully. Like, it's hard to look past that. And I do think. As was the case with those other games, um, it it kind of became a, a bit of a first goal wins type scenario. Because if you look at the last game these two sides played, it was 4-0 to Bentley Greens on the day. But it wasn't, like on the balance of play, those who watched the game will tell you, it wasn't necessarily a 4-0 route kind of day. It was more, Bentley were able to score first. And they are quite a good team at defending from a lead. Uh-huh. And so once they got that 1-0 advantage, they were able to hit on the break, hit on the break, hit on the break, and that's how they added four goals. This was kind of similar. Gully, I think, actually do not get enough credit for their ability to get in front and then defend when they are in the lead. They're actually very good once they get into their shape. Really, really hard to break down. And when we get to talk about it later, Nick, I actually think they're going to be quite a difficult opponent for, for South Melbourne yeah, don't on Yeah, not going to be any walk in the park um, next week this week while it wasn't Bernardo who contributed that opening goal, it certainly gave the defence a bit more to think about. And, you know, when you've got that extra piece, the other good assets that you've got can can sort of play a bit more freely and do a bit better of a job. And I think the opening goal was an excellent example of that because we saw Luke Jago drop deep, play this beautiful switching ball to, to Alex Salmon, mm. who had sort of snuck in between... Um, uh, ben Carrigan and and his fullback and just a beautiful finish from Alex Salmon. Great to see him doing that sort of thing. And as I said, once Gully get up, they're a hard team to break down. So, you know, they can find openings. Their opposition and Ajak Riak, especially in the second half, did have a good a few efforts. Did force some good saves from Liam Driscoll. If you can't, if you can breach the defence, you still have to get past Liam Driscoll. So, mm. Gully are a really hard side to beat once they get the lead. And I don't think. In like yes, I did predict Bentley, but I think in hindsight it's not a shock that once they went ahead, they were able to sort of sit back yeah. and I, and defend it because, like you said, Bentley have also yeah, I, they're also gassed and it's hard to sort of mount the energy required for yeah, a comeback.
0: I, I, I also think there's an element. I, I don't know if disrespect's the right word, mocky, mm. but there is probably a, an element of it to an extent when it comes to Green Gully amongst the four three to six teams because of probably. The recent seasons, can, obviously Heidelberg being a side's been in amongst the Bentley Greens being a multiple-time champion in the last few years. That I think most people probably thought, well, you know, Bentley Greens are just going to waltz their way to a win and, and do what they do best. They're going to hit form at the right time come away with a win. But to Green Goers' credit, they were able to weather the storm and get the job done. I mean, as you said, they got that early goal. They are able to get the win. They're getting players back at the right time as well. And they're putting themselves right in the window to potentially cause a bit of a shock. I mean, this is finals football. It's the the beauty of it is you really just need to be, you just need to put together a good 90 minutes in a one-off game. And if you, if everything, you know, comes off in that 90 minutes and you're able to just get it to a T, you don't have to be the best team all season. This is just for seating, really. Now it's about, all right, you've got to get it done in that 90 minute patch. And I think for Bentley, look, you know what? It's been a weird season for them because similarly to Avondale, they've had a lot of injuries, especially at the tail end of this season. Uh, a lot of guys like, you know, Pierce Waring's mm. missed a lot of football. I mean, how would you um, how would
1: you rank the Bentley Green well, season I, out of ten? I give it a
0: are we just talking league form or are we talking Doherty Cup? I think also? you can take it all in. Okay, so I would give it I'd give it a seven because they still came away with silverware. They won the Doherty Cup. They made the mm. round of sixteen of the Australia Cup, which is a pass. Doherty Cup winning that. Their league form, though, brings that maybe down just an inch, because if they w- if they potentially make a semi final, I think it's a I think it's a fair enough effort. I think mm-hmm. it's a it's a good end to the season. But then again, when if you probably looked at the start of the season, and this is also taking into account as well, the injuries as of late, and the and the congested fixture, mm. which you know them and Oakley have really had to contest with, just one little bit here. I think that when you put it all together in, in sort of and you tie it into into one sort of neat package. I think that you can almost, I wouldn't say use it as a bit of an excuse, but you can almost excuse them for that. But when you look back at the start of the season, you look at the squad they assembled, you would have had them as probably a top two to three team. And the fact they finished fifth in a very competitive sort of logjam, that in a sense is a little bit like when you just look at it from a surface level thing without looking at context, that might be a bit disappointing. But I think when you look at it as a whole, you take into consideration the the hectic fixture the injuries how they perform in other competitions I still think it's a pass I don't think it is a by any stretch a a failure of any sense I don't think that you know they can look back at this season and go you know what we had a bad year or anything like that I think they can look back on it and say look you know what I think we actually did a pretty decent job with what we were given with the with the car we were dealt. I think we did a pretty decent job. And next season, I think they're actually going to be right up up there again. Next season, I think they're going to load up again at the end of this season. They're going to bring in a, a, a plethora of new talent to complement an already talented squad. I mean, I don't know how many of these players might be sort of on the way out. I think if you're looking at sort of players who have put themselves in the shop window for potentially a move to an A-League men's opposition. Uh, You're looking at someone like Ajak Riak, who might be on the Mm. radar. You're looking at someone like maybe even a Ken Kraliki. But then again, though he's a Visa player now, so that actually might work in Bentley's favour. And again, they've got a host of veterans and a host of other players who I think will probably stick around next season. And we know what Bentley's like. They're going to go out and buy, and they're going to go out and look in the shop window. And I think they're going to be right up there again next season. So... Probably disappointing that they went out in in an elimination final, but I think when you take everything into consideration, this has been, I think, a seven out of ten this year.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair rating, and and as well, I, the top six is just so competitive. It's so tight. Like, would you have said that Oakley had a bad season if they finished se- third, but then got knocked out by Heidelberg and you know didn't win anything? I mean, before last night. There'd be, there'd night, be, there'd be an that's... element of
0: disappointment, but you'd, almost, you'd still look at that and go, well, <laughs> yeah, but mm. still look what they've done in the other competitions and look at the injuries. They've got an even lighter squad than Bentley. Bentley's got quite a deep squad, similarly to Avondale, very deep mm. squad. Oakley at the moment, I mean, look at the extent of, you know, their squad right now and who's been filling the spots on the bench full of 20s players. A 14-year-old kid is their backup goalkeeper at the moment. Their number one goalkeeper right now might not even be able to play this weekend. So, you know what? It's... um. It's the interesting one. It yeah. really is. I think, though, to an extent, though Bentley can... but also Bentley won silverware. They oh, one hundred percent. Cup. No, so like that—that's that's something am, as well. I am
1: yeah. inclined to agree with your rating. I might even go as far as to say a, a seven and a half, but maybe that's because I pitched them. Maybe even an eight, but that's possibly yeah. because I pitched them finishing slightly lower than you did. But I think you make a good point about um, Green Gully being a, a team that people have. Underestimated this season because yeah, like you said, like I was saying before, if they can get a lead, they're a really hard team to break down. They do play nice, uh nice possession football, and their squad on paper is really, really solid. And I think maybe, yeah, I do wonder if people don't perhaps appreciate that enough. But yeah, congratulations to to Gully. They they won a hard fought game, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking about their semi final against uh, against South later.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, they. I mean, Gully, have, that was their first finals win since 2018, I believe. I believe they only played... Well, actually, no. It was their first actual MPL final since 2017. So in 2018, of course, they had the promotion relegation playoff, which is still technically a final playoff per se. Not, not the kind but of the final you want finals, to be in. But they haven't actually won a final in the MPL era. So that's their first uh, finals win since VPL days, Lockie. So this is a, a big result for them. I mean, this is a historic club that, you know, has had sustained success for so many years, but now have an opportunity to potentially go that one step deeper and, you know, cause a bit of an upset against South Melbourne on Sunday. Lockheed we'll get to those previews in just a second. So let's now get to the Palmer and chips as we we're talking about a little bit earlier. <laughs> Oakley versus Heidelberg, the co current fixture last Friday. I mean, where do you even start? With I mean, what do you even say? What is there to <sighs> say about this game? Well, I mean, th- what is there to say? There's almost too much to say that. How can we condense it into a short block? Because there's like, you know, there's the the 2-2. There's the extra time. There's the, the goals from Ninkovic and Ellis, which both in the dying minutes to send the game to extra time and penalties respectively. There's the shootout. Um, Lockie, you were there. I mean, as a spectator, you came out and you said this was one of the best games of football I've ever watched. And Pakua as well, who's out there, said the same thing, that this is one of the best games that I've ever been to as well and watched. What were your thoughts being there on the night and just looking at it from a whole like I,
1: that? I mean, I, I genuinely, it's one of those nights where you do feel – you feel a bit, a bit like last night actually because I was also at Jack Edwards when Oakley knocked out um, Sydney FC – like, I feel, I feel lucky to have been there. Like, I can can say... I was there. I was there. Mm. Here I was in this moment. I can recall it. Because it just genuinely was um, one of the best games I'm, I've ever been to. I'm not just talking NPL games here. I'm talking all time. I'm talking all time game. I mean, we're talking about a 94th minute... A, a game that was... End to end, like it mm. wasn't. There wasn't necessarily was one. By the end of the
0: day, there was almost fifty shots combined. Yeah, between the I two think teams.
1: twenty-three and twenty-four on, on either side. Um, Heidelberg started really brightly in the first twenty minutes, got their opening goal that they deserved through Josh Pinn. and then Oakley, after that, really rallied and got a you know probably a deserved equaliser. It was just a game that ebbed and flowed, shots either side. Like there, it wasn't, and sort of in the kind of way that we've come to expect from Heidelberg, Oakley games in particular. It wasn't polished necessarily. It wasn't really pretty, curt, cute football necessarily. It was a lot of direct stuff, but God, it was good. Yeah. God, it was entertaining. And yeah, a a 94th minute equalizer from Luka Ninkovic and then, as if that wasn't impressive enough to take it into extra time. When Chris Lucas scored in the hundred and fourteenth minute of extra time, and what a brilliant finish, by the way, when he was played through by Tyson Holmes, an absolute killer. Um, easy to forget that he's barely played this yeah, season until this back end. Um, and then what do you even what do you even say? About, about Sean Ellison. What Nelson's do you kick? even say about that free kick? One of the biggest
0: tip free kicks you ever see.
1: I mean, hundred and twenty third minute. It was the last kick of the game. It was it was Right on the edge of the box, it's actually really hard, and it's a kind of a football cliche, but it is true. Like with four in the wall, if you're on the edge of the box, it's really hard mm. to get a shot up and I know. back and down. Top yeah. From the moment he hit it, because I myself and a couple of other people were actually standing behind the goals when he hit this particular shot, you knew it was going in. Yeah, like, absolutely. But- it, it could not have been more top left than it was. Mm in that moment, in that context, ascended to penalties. I mean, sure, I'm biased because he's he's a Scot, but that is just, that's yeah. ice in can, the veins stuff. Can I, like, I, that is ridiculous.
0: Can I just say, the Sean Ellis free kick, like, it was funny, you talk about how you felt the second it left his boot. I, You know when you have just have that feeling even beforehand where you just go, this is going in, isn't it? He's going to score this. He's he, like, he's, he's, there's There's no way he's missing this. And when I was watching it, with a few of my friends up in Queensland and we were just sort of all gathered around the small iPhone and mm. we were watching it. Um, sort of looked at one of my friends I said, he's going to score. This is going in. Like, we're, we're going to penalties. And there was just, like, this, this calmness and almost this assurance, okay, it's Sean Ellis. Like, if it's anyone else, you might feel a little bit. Yeah, know, you, you kind of just, never. You, back Sean you almost Alice didn't doubt
1: spot. it. Like Like, as crazy as it was, at the same time, there was a small part of you that was like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. It's just and then, such a hard evening to put into words. And, and the, in the end, he missed the penalty. Yeah. I, I mean, and the 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 other part of this game that I do have to shout out as well, like the the Heidelberg fans uh, behind mm. the George Katsakis bench, like they were making so much noise. Um, you know, they, they were maybe very enthusiastic with the way they um, argued yeah. for and against some refereeing decisions. They had a pitch invasion for 3-3. Um, I know that sort of stuff splits opinion. You know, I personally on the night loved I love it. it. I thought it added to the spectacle – and who am I to get in the way of people yeah, uh, expressing their, their, their passion in the way that they choose to? And honestly, if I had a, I was wearing a Scotland tracksuit top on the night, if Scotland scored a 123rd-minute free kick to take it to to penalties, not even for the hour I win, I'm sure there'd probably be more security at, at Hampton than there would be at Jack <laughs> Edwards, but I, I would absolutely be doing it. Yeah, absolutely. It. And then the penalty shootout, Nick. Oh, wow. I mean, it just when we think we're done talking about like amazing things. Oh, my God, how did this happen? Then we move on to the penalty shooter. And Nick Feely, for those of you who watched the Australia Cup game last night against Sydney FC, he did not play. The reason he didn't play is because something in his hip, maybe a a ligament or a muscle, uh, when he was taking a goal kick, I believe, in the like 60-odd minutes into that Heidelberg game. So in regular time, Mm. he tore something off the bone. He was playing... He wasn't able to play last night, so they had to sign Luis Italiano. He won't be able to play for the rest of the season, is my understanding, Mm. Nick Feely. But he played nearly an hour of this game or thereabouts, injured with a serious injury for a goalkeeper. And you could see he was proppy. Like, you could see something was up. So to have battled through that for a whole rest of the game, an extra time period, when there was a 17-year-old, I think, in George Bitsios on Mm. the bench, um, and then make... Three or two and a half, I think. I'll give him three. Saves in the penalty shootout. Incredible.
0: Absolutely incredible. And the other way, Oakley got the job done. Just a a small thing about... You mentioned Chris Lucas, Lockie, and talk about that sliding doors moment we, we spoke about in terms of how only... Weeks ago, he could have been playing for someone else. He could have been, yeah, playing he could have been for playing for, for a different team. Different he team. was, he was Out on the verge the of yeah. leaving. And talk about it. I mean, if he was, if he was not playing, Lockie uh, Oakley would be down to even more bare bones in their attack. I mean, they've been playing Wade Decker as a left back at time. You know, they've been Joe Knowles with his injury and his him being off with the Brisbane Roars. No, he only returned off the off the bench last yeah, and, night. And Chris Lucas, what a player to have, just ready to go in those moments. And you know what? Again, I mean, they went one hundred and twenty minutes with. With uh, with twelve players, you know Mario Barcia was the only substitute that came on in that game, and then they went again and backed up 120 minutes with an even smaller squad because, as we know, due to being cup tied, Mario Barcia and Ryan Losty still can't play. So they got Oscar Dillon back, which certainly helps, but nonetheless, oh, Oakley he did make through. a big difference. Yeah, and again, again last night, similarly in the um, in the Australia Cup win against Sydney FC. So what a week for Oakley and the magic. At Jack Edwards Reserve continues. Oh, you know, you know what? As much as I love that they're playing Port Melbourne at um at JR Murphy Reserve, because obviously Port Melbourne, worthy side of finishing second, deserve a home semi final. It is a little bit of a shame that we, in a sense of okay theatre, and also wanting it to be at a bigger
1: venue, that it, the game isn't going to be at yeah. Jack Edwards Reserve. Well, and we were, well, I was theorizing with a couple of people about this. It, do you think there's something about without having any stats to hand, do you think there's something about Jack Edwards Reserve that makes it... Uh, again, I don't have any records here. I don't tabulate lights, good game, bad game, lights, tick cross reckon? kind of thing. Is there something about that venue that lends itself to like brilliant games of football? Because if I just think about some of the best games that I have ever it's, watched in my time following the, the NPL, I would say a disproportionate amount of have occurred at Jack Edwards. You know what it is?
0: When you go there, I think as well as an entertainment point, as as a fan, mm. it's one of the best viewing, one of the best places to watch football. I think in in Victoria. Okay, I really love watching games there. Not because of you know the close proximity, not because of the, uh, you know the the fact that the the food's amazing, which people tend to to skew towards. When you sit in the grandstand. In a game like last night or a game against Heidelberg, it is a beautiful viewing point. You're up on the hill. It's even better. You can go behind the goals the other end. It's it's beautiful as well. You even go on the other side where the Oakley turret is. There's always energy. There's atmosphere. You feel that. From a playing point of view, Lockie, it's a very quick deck. The ball pings on that well, ground. It, and I, it, it makes for entertaining games because the ball just zings around. It's not even an artificial turf, mm, But the pitch is so
1: good there. It's in good condition. And it's for me, It's I think it's... This might be seriously tin foil hat area. So yeah. you can stop me. I think it might also be the size of the pitch. Yeah, no, The actual no, sizing of the pitch. It's smaller. Not not as long as your but average ground, but it's still quite. It's still retained its width, but it's shorter. So a long clearance, a long ball, you can get. You can get a lot more value yeah. out of less hey, on a pitch it's that size. Season. So it's a combination of, of that. You've got less ground to cover as a player, so mm. you can do more repeat efforts, more high-intensity work because each time you do, you're covering less ground. And I was like, well, if that's the case, then why isn't every game at Churchill Reserve and St. Albans a, a cracker because that yeah. ground is tiny? But it's also the fact that Oakley, who are at yeah. traditionally a better side, play there. So I think the combination of it being Oakley and that pitch being one that lends itself to uh, transition and high-speed counters, and that's something that NPL Victoria yeah. does quite well, it makes sense. I Absolutely, think that those two and, kind and you of look at the mesh. teams
0: that defend really well, and we, we we'll talk about Moreland City last week mm. and playing Campbell Reserve about how they suit the. the, it's, the it's almost the opposite of Jack Edwards Reserve. It's the, it's it's an even smaller pitch. It's even shorter and it's even less wide. The pitch isn't doesn't hold up nearly as well as Jack Edwards yeah. Reserve. But the way that Moreland City play, it suits them to a T because they defend as a team really well. They know that once they're ahead, they can sit back and they will frustrate and they will not concede. It is just how it's just. It is it is the and City way. Oakley, similarly, Jack Edwards Reserve, it's it's the comforts of playing on your home deck. And even you can argue South Melbourne at Lakeside as well. It lends to them as well. They're able to defend the pitch quite wide and they're able to sit back and put numbers behind the ball and hit with ferocity. And also, similarly, at Lakeside, you know, we talk about the ball pinging. The wind carries that ball sitting on the lake and they can play those long balls. We're really going down Tim hat areas. But nonetheless, Saturday afternoon, Oakley against Port Melbourne away, um, obviously in that other semi-final, the first of two. And, I mean, Oakley you've got to continue this ridiculous schedule of theirs and, you know, keep putting well, it all and together. And the fact and
1: that they they went might, through last night.
0: And they, and they still might not. This is the crazy part about that. I don't know if I'm stealing your point here. Yeah. But if Luis Italiano is not given clearance by FA, which I'm going to put bluntly, if FA don't do that, I think that is a farce.
1: Well, should we, just, should we say that, that the reason as well is because just, I yeah, mean, obviously Nick we've Feely. talked about the Nick Feely injury. Lockie, Lockie Hart. Hart has had shoulder surgery. And then um, George, Bitsios. George Bitsios I'm not sure about, but Damon Stevens, one of those two has concussion as well. Yeah. So they might all four of them be injured. They had to
0: put a 14-year-old kid on the bench. Yeah. That is an unfair advantage to Port Melbourne if he has to start. I understand as a thing of survival of the fit, fit, fittest, but this is unprecedented in yeah. terms I mean, of I, an injury scale, And it's think, a
1: goalkeeper. It's not like it's a striker. Yeah, it's
0: a goalkeeper for God's sake. I think sake. I
1: think common sense will, will probably prevail with that one. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think FE
0: will make the right decision. I would be very disappointed if they didn't. Uh, just for the sake of it, it's a, a semi final after all. You know what I mean? Like you, you, don't like if he's allowed to play in the Australia Cup, he should be able to play in the in the semi as well. I think any, any team would be within their rights to to take this to FE and, and argue their point, but nonetheless. Um, Lockie, before we get to previewing the the games, let's go to the pro-rail playoffs, uh, on Saturday and Sunday down at, uh, Valley Park Event Center, obviously the NPL2 and NPL3, uh, promotion relegation playoffs took place. We had Western United versus Golden Valley Suns and of course Melbourne Victory versus Kingston. Course, they're both West United and Melbourne Victories Academy sides. For those who just want a bit of extra, you know, make sure this isn't the, the senior sides. Um, on Saturday, Western United took care of business against GV Suns. Uh, in f- a really emphatic win, a 6 1 win against GV Suns. Golden Valley relegated to MPL 3 without a win. We thought, are they going to save that single win for the pro rail playoff? But in the end, uh, I think the expected result happened. Um, Western United fielded a very strong team. Uh, the likes of Christian Theoharis, Luke Giselle, uh, Dali Bulmarkovic, a team that, of players who have played at the highest level, and they were able to get the job done. A six-one win, one of the better performances, you know, from Western United's academy side all year. They'll play MPL two football and very much deserved after a really good season. And also, I have got to say, credit to um, as well to to Christian Theoharis. He was sensational. He was on Saturday. He put in a really good showing, and I hope that, uh, you know, that that's put him right in the frame to potentially get some minutes uh, for the Western United senior team, put himself back in the frame for some, uh, you know, to actually get himself back right in amongst, the, amongst their their starting 11, amongst their bench, because he hasn't been, he's barely been sighted since he's made that move. And we know how talented he is. Um, so that's certainly one to keep an eye on as well for guys like Luke Giselle and Dalibor Markovic, even though the competition right now with the signings of, you know, Jacob Tratt and Tongo Dumbia as well. Going to make it hard for them. But nonetheless, I mean, it's uh, it's a good result for Western United. Caps off a very successful 2022 for them. I mean, from a senior point of view, at least from an academy point of view, and then as well for the women's. And by def- by basically by, if you're going to stretch it out to Calder United, you know, they've won the Nike FC Cup and also now they start their finals campaign as well this weekend against FV Emerging.
1: Yeah, and it, look, it could, unlikely though it, It may be, and indeed was. It could have been a banana skin. I mean, we were talking earlier about Bentley potentially underestimating Green Gully given results that have happened between the two this season. It would have been very forgivable uh, for Western United potentially to underestimate or, you know, look at this situation as uh, a guaranteed win against Western United. And you you can clearly see with their selection... Which I thought was maybe a, a slight point of difference to Well, you know, t- to victory, ben to victory in some regards. To yeah, to have Ben Collins and all you know, all the other players that you mentioned drop down to, to guarantee this result, Kristen Theoharis, who uh, Luke Diselle who have barely been cited in the regular campaign but thrust into this one. I mean, when you factor all that in, little surprise that that Golden Valley were beaten so convincingly. I think this was Western United's biggest win of the season in the end, and they did so with with comfort. Um, mm. But look, it wasn't just the um, the players who had dropped down from the academy side who, or from the sort of A League men's setup, who have d- who did a good job in this game. I thought Noah Holmes, who we've yeah, seen feature midfield, on, on yeah. the bench, was very impressive. Obviously, it's got that belting. Mm. Uh, Belting goal for for number five or, or number six, I think, and Jalev uh, Ragagwe as well. Yep. Uh, a solid performance too. So yeah, uh, Western United got the job done. They were always expected to against Golden mm-hmm. Valley, who look uh, they have fought against quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of challenge this season, both on and off the pitch. I mean, I say on and off the pitch because they've had players who have just constantly been on and off the pitch. The injuries that they've suffered this season have been ridiculous. The difficulty they've had with bringing players mm. in to replace those injured players—I mean, it's 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 incredibly difficult, and it's yeah. not a not a surprise to see them see them um, drop down in in the context of all of that. But they've got a great facility. Um, if mm. they can attract more people, maybe focus continue to focus on the youth because that's probably a good thing. The amount of young players that have had and continued to have minutes. Uh, at John McEwen this season, if that's something that they can continue to work on, if that's good enough to get them back, then I would be be happy to to see them to see them return because yep. they, they Golden Valley have contributed a lot of good to the fabric, even if you if it's just the Qualls, if that's it, well, it makes, um, then they've contributed a lot yeah, of good to the it, fabric of Victorian and now Australian football. It
0: makes for a very interesting NPL three campaign next year because I mm. mean GV are one of the five new teams to be entering. NPL3, but only the only team to drop down, of course, we will get to the Kingston-Melbourne victory game in just a second. But GV Suns, uh, Essendon Royals, Caroline Springs, George Cross, Morris, and Borundara coming into NPL3 next year, joining uh, the likes of Melbourne Victory, North Sunshine, Nunna Wadding, uh, uh, Ballarat City, Doveton, Geelong. Uh, if I'm missing anyone, apologies. I've got everyone there. I think we've got everyone in terms of everyone that's think in NPL3 so. next year. Yeah. Yep. So it's going to make for a very enthralling battle because this is a, a brand new MPL 3 It's almost a new league entirely uh, to see exactly who's going to be coming up next season. And I think GV Suns right now will be will really fancy themselves if they can get their recruitment right, keep some of these, because they've got some talented players on their books. I mean, Matthew Breeze is sort of the, the name of names, but they've got some talented players they can build around and see what they can do for next season. And of course whoever that coach is going to be next year. I mean, Craig Carley was uh, dismissed halfway during the season. Uh, who's going to be the new coach there and what they can do heading into 2023 and whether they can, can compete. Well, and are they going to
1: get some of those, you know, players back in reliably? Cause Zach McLeod, from what I've seen of him as a keeper, admittedly, it's been a, a while now since I've watched a game that he's played. He was injured on the eve of the season. is a really solid keeper. They've produced a lot of really good keepers at Golden Valley as well. They'll, the Lelliet's, uh the Lelliet brothers are obviously, obviously solid. Matthew and James, but you know they've both been sort of in and in and out of the season with work commitments and injuries this season. Like, there's good pieces there, and uh, yeah, I will definitely, they're definitely a team that I'll be be keeping an eye on next uh, next year for sure.
0: Well, let's go to Sunday's game, Lockie. You were down there calling this one. Kingston one 0 win against Melbourne. Victory, probably a bit of a shock result, I guess, going into the game. I think most people probably thought, considering Kingston's form that Melbourne victory would win this game. I mean, talking about dropping down players for this game, they had the likes of Matthew Bozanovsky, Nishin Volupole, uh, Eli Adams, Leighton Brooks, all playing this game. And, you know, a lot of guys that are already in this team as well, like, you know, Lethleen, Lino, uh, Lepanchu, Razmowski, Doradovic, guys who have, you know, been in this team and played with them throughout this whole year, and they'd put together a decent run of form. But towards the end of the season, they'd start to tail off a little bit. And Kingston were able to come away with a 1-0 win. But, Lockie, before we get into the result, Mm. let's address the elephant in the room from this game because this game was delayed by an hour after a sickening challenge uh, from Burke on Mark Latzes who broke his leg. Um, We wish Mark all the best with his recovery. Um, It was a sickening challenge. Lockie, again, understand that it was a very, very sort of traumatic thing to witness i can only imagine how that you heard the screams of mark and you know it's all the Kingston well, players I, it was I, it was an awful awful incident uh, that happens obviously on sunday afternoon
1: yeah and look i i <laughs> we can talk about what this means for for victory as a, as an academy and the game itself but i don't know there was there was a lot of time on sunday where it all felt very secondary to to what happened, which was just such a horrible, as you said, Nick, um, horrible injury for for Mark Latsas, who any injury, any leg break is automatically horrible. Mm. There's no such thing as a, as a good one. No. But what makes it worse as well, putting to one side the long-term injury, is I know you've seen Mark Latsas this season. He's been sensational. He has had... And he was coming up against the victory side that he spent 2021 playing for. I don't think he played for the seniors, but played for the 21s. So he came into this game with a point to prove he has had an outstanding season for Kingston this year. He has been so, so good. And not just that, everyone I've spoken to who's seen him play, it's not just like I have this crazy fascination. I'm like, oh, he's good, he's good. And everyone else thinks I'm weird like Olivier Giroud, like I'm Mm. obsessed with him. Hey, he's a good player. Uh, He is, but that's, I know you agree with that. But anyway, that's... Secondary, um, everyone I speak to is like, "Oh, this kid is a brilliant player." He's had such a good year that I would not have. S- uh, if Kingston went down, I wouldn't have said, "Oh, NPL two clubs will NPL be sniffing one. around this guy." I would. This guy is top flight material f- from what I've seen as an attacking fullback with his ability to get inside and um, drive and you know attack. Um, has been as good of an NPL2 player uh, as I can remember seeing. And so to have this happen to him uh, by a player who I don't... There's a bit of conjecture around it. I don't think that Linus Burke was... I'm not going to accuse him of of, of malice or anything like that. I just just think it was a player who was making his first start for the seniors. Let's not forget, Linus Burke has been involved in the preseason friendlies with Victory at a Mm. senior level, but he hasn't actually been playing in the NPL3 side this year. He's been playing... 21s, but predominantly under 18. So he's yeah. made a massive jump, his first start in this critical game. He's gone in with enthusiasm to win back the ball, and he's he's got it completely, completely wrong. And, you know, it's obviously secondary to what Mark is dealing with in the situation with him, and I, mm. I really sincerely wish him all the best because it was just horrifying yeah. to, to witness, let alone actually experiencing the damn thing. Um and I think Linus Burke will also be pretty rattled by what happened because, like I said, I don't think he meant it. Um, so I question hindsight is twenty twenty. I wonder if maybe throwing someone like Linus Burke in for a game like this where it was so important, whether that was a, a good decision, whether that was a wise decision. Again, it's kind of influenced by the outcome. But is that the best time for you blooding someone who's getting a sort of mm. double promotion into the senior academy side? I'm not so sure. Um, but God... For you know, sixty minutes there while we waited at Valley Park Event Center for the ambulance to arrive and get Mark to hospital, it nothing else really mattered. Yeah. Um. So I'm glad he got there eventually, and I yeah, I I really hope he's uh, hope he's okay because absolutely it was just uh, horrific. Um. Yeah. As for the game, obviously victory went down to ten. Um. And I I don't know Kingston. Kingston rallied. Kingston on the way. Kingston, Ki- the way. The, it was funny. Kingston had a really bright start to this game, 11 on 11. Um, they were playing really well in the opening 10 minutes. And then after the stoppage, obviously, Victory had to sort of sit back and, and defend deep and try hit on the break. And Kingston probably found it going a bit tougher trying to break down Victory from that point. But as the game went on, as the lines became more stretched, the wide players of Kingston really started to grow into the game. Chudia Tajiath. Uh, had a brilliant game. He was probably the best performer, and it was his drive down the right-hand side that ended up providing uh, the well, the opening and the only goal for um, for Faisal Sakazada.
0: Absolutely, and Kingston as a result, they they stay up. Yeah, they they're a team that I mean, not long ago, top tier side, and they're going to go into an off season where I think they've really got to load up because they are going into. We've spoken about how tough MPL two is next year, and I mean they have a lot of quality in this team still with the likes of the, Mar- the Marafiotis, And I mean, t- you mentioned Tarjath, Sakizada, Charlie Fry, Phil Petreski. They've got enough talent, but they've got to really load up and Contang Alarcus is going to have a big task ahead of him going into next year because NPL two is not going to be. No. Easy and I think season. it'll be a,
1: it'll be a wake up call. Oh, absolutely. And I,
0: I and, Considering Kingston's ambitions, I reckon that it might be a sort of a... I wouldn't say a bit of an outlier, but I reckon I wouldn't be surprised if they start to emerge a little bit away from that pack and maybe start to get in towards the mid-table sort of area. where they gets enough towards promotion is going to be maybe a step too far for them. Mm. But we'll see what happens. I mean, it's a long off-season. They've got the cash to go and get players. So we'll see what they are able to do this off-season. But, Lockie, before we wrap up, we've got to go. We've got State of Our Football Nation on the other side of this. Uh, Let's get some predictions for the semi-finals this weekend. Now, let's start with Saturday. Port Melbourne versus Oakley. JL Murphy Reserve, Port Melbourne, the team no one wants to play against Oakley, who are riding a a wave of momentum like nothing else, basically playing on fumes right now. Does the dream run continue or does Port Melbourne play spoiler and their own
1: dream run continue all all the way to an NPL grand final? It's really conflicting because on the one hand, all the circumstances, you know, Oakley having had such an injury hit campaign, Port being fully fit, Oakley having played 120 minutes twice in the last few weeks, playing an A-League side in midweek, getting the result, um, all of that against a side that Port, no injuries, full health, full fitness, they've had a barnstorming into the season. Um all of that suggests that Port should win, mm. but then, given what they've been able to do in the last few weeks, you also kind of feel like an idiot for going against mm. Oakley. Yeah, um, especially because last time they played, Oakley won pretty convincingly. We were able to get the opening goal yeah. and, and set up shop, and Port sort of struggled to break them down. Um, bless you, Nick. Sorry. <laughs> I think. Look, Port, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Port, um, but I don't I don't think this game will will be an easy one at all. I'm actually gonna say. Three two port,
0: I'm going three two Oakley.
1: Wow, the the way I of can't you for that. Three I, two no. Oakley. I reckon Oakley are going to find a way. It's going to be a cracking game. Well, and the, and but the, I think Oakley's going to win. And what you've got to think about is the fact that Oscar Dillon is back yeah. for Oakley. Has been back for the last couple of weeks. Makes a massive, massive difference. Yeah. They'll have Barcia, uh, who they didn't have obviously mm-hmm. in midweek. So he's sort of an extra number. Joe Knowles is back from injury. He mm. might only feature off the bench, but who it's knows. Something like I mean even even 45 minutes of a half-cooked Jones is like he's still up there with yeah, one I, of the I, best players I, in the I league. I will say so. though
0: if FV decide against giving Luis Italiano an exemption Port Melbourne win comfortably and Port Melbourne into a grand final with a bit of an
1: a bit of a slight asterisk. And uh, to be honest, I think I think Port Melbourne I do actually oh, think, I think Port, Port Melbourne, Melbourne deserve yeah, yeah, that absolutely. opportunity. But, um, I mean,
0: going up against... the No disrespect to, to you know, the youngster, but still, it is a bit unfair if, you know, Luis Taliano doesn't get that exemption.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it will happen. Yeah. That's my Anyways, my reader situation. Let's, if, it's, if it's good enough for Football Australia, you, yeah, you would think let's that...
0: let rush through this last prediction, Lockie, because we do have to go. Uh, South Melbourne versus Green Gully. Who wins, South or Gully? I'm going South 1-0. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going I'll I'll go with South one nil as well, actually. So South
0: Port Melbourne Grand Final. South Melbourne Oakley Grand Final here. Yeah.
1: I, I think it'll be I think this game will be a lot tougher for South than people give it yeah. credit though. Uh it'll be a real battle for the goalkeepers, I expect, like it was last time, Javi Lopez and Liam Driscoll, probably the two best keepers in the league this year. Um yeah, it's it's really down to whoever can, can get the better of those opponent opposing goalkeepers or whether whether or not one of them makes a mistake because – these are two hard sides to break down.
0: Absolutely. Well, Lockie, we'll be back next week, hopefully a little bit earlier in the week to
1: preview. Yeah. And have you not on set, your nice little sujets. Yes,
0: absolutely. I'm back. I'm back in business. Uh, obviously with the grand final we'll double header, grand final coming up next Sunday. And of course we'll review the semis as well. So get down to your local ground Saturday and Sunday are going to be a ripping semi-final weekend. But for myself, Nick Tabano, and Lockie Flanigan, it's uh, goodbye for another week here on the NPL Victoria podcast. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,